Comunidad, welcome to Radio Teco Cultura, a podcast by El Tecolote, San Francisco's bilingual newspaper since 1970. My name is Adaena Salinas. I'm a volunteer at El Tecolote, and I'll be today's host. In this episode, I talk to Jessica Recinos, CEO of Rising Rhythm Dance Company. We talked about her upbringing as a second-generation Salvadorian in the Mission District and how dance has always been a part of her life. Jessica also talked about how she's been researching her family lineage and working on a project in the arts to tell that story. Thank you for listening to Radio Teco. We want to continue to be connected to our community, so please leave us a rating and review. There's a great chance your review will be read on a future episode. Jessica Maria Recinos, welcome to the show. Hello, it's so good to be here with you. I'm really excited to be talking with you today and we're going to cover various topics. But first I want to begin with dancing since I saw this is such a big important part of your life and what you do day to day. Can you talk about what was your earliest memory of dancing? Well, my earliest memory of dancing would be just dancing at like family parties and dancing with my friends on the street and in the yard at my school. I was always a mover. I, of course, was an artist at a very young age, but I didn't really know what I liked. I loved to sing and act and write poetry but dancing was like the thing for me that I knew I wanted to pursue because it just made me feel so good and so I just loved everything about movement and music together and so just moving my little body when I was younger to like any style of music I heard like hip-hop, merengue, bachata, salsa, anything. I loved it. Did you have a particular you know song or band that you really like dancing to like at a young age or now yeah just like growing up or something that you remember you know would always be common to play well a lot of times in my family my mom she really loved like Mark Anthony and like different salsa and and merengue and everything and so I think we kind of grew up me and my sisters grew up listening to a lot of salsa um, on the weekends, waking up. And then I guess as you grew up, um, you mentioned, you know, dancing was the thing that continued to be a part of you and what you do. Can you talk about some of the things you're doing now with dancing? Yeah. Well, you know, dance has always been a part of my life at since a young age, and it's kind of been the most consistent thing in my life, I would say. Um, whenever 
you know, things would get rough for me, dance was always there. So first and foremost, like dance is a way for me to express myself and heal through a lot of issues that happened in my life, as well as like world issues, coping with world issues. And so that's my main source of like therapy through movement and music. Um, But, you know, as I got older, you know, I was able to really use art as not only a form of expression, but also as my career. And um, it was something that really, I was really passionate about and I wanted to pursue professionally. So um, I studied at different dance studios in the mission, like Dance Mission Theater, um, ODC, Brava, um, where else? I eventually started training and I taught at Alonzo King Lines Dance Center, um, as well as different places around and kind of started to create my own curriculum within teaching SFUSD schools, as well as teaching in dance studios. So um, I definitely just tried to find like my flow of what I loved and what style of dance I loved and what community I wanted to serve. Um, And so I eventually created my dance company, Rising Rhythm. Uh, We started in 2014. And we started as an adult dance company where we would perform locally in the Bay Area. And then eventually we opened it up to our youth program in 2017. So we've grown as a as a dance family. And um, our curriculum has definitely changed our repertoire over the years. Um, and so it's been a really great shift to, to see how the dance company can evolve within not just dance and performance and expression, but also financial education for young artists to understand the career that they are going to step into if they choose to do so. Yes, I'm really glad you brought Rising Rhythm uh, Dance Company because like you just mentioned, I also saw that you do have a big focus on teaching artists about financial education was there something that you noticed that led you to also take on this role? Yeah, a few things. I mean, I can just start from when I started my dance career. I knew there was a lack of knowledge for people of color um, and here in the Mission and the Excelsior District. I couldn't really find any places at a young age as a teen to learn about business. You know, I don't think it was even in my mind when I was a high schooler. Because, you know, when you're young, you just want to have fun. And um, and so I started my official, like, business of me being an entrepreneur, a dance entrepreneur, when I was 16. Um, I definitely did it on my own. I didn't have any mentors to guide me as far as the business side. But I had so many mentors to help me uh, within the cultural side and the dance side. And so I definitely knew how to hold, you know, hold myself down down artistically. But when it came to dealing with the finances of how to utilize my money to, you know, to save and to actually grow a business, 
um, that's where I was really lacking the knowledge. And, you know, I made a lot of mistakes, <laughs> you know, making a lot of mistakes growing up as a young artist. Um, and I definitely, when I started my company, I started to see those trends like rebirthed and I wanted to stop that and make a change. And so I started to seek out business coaches and take seminars and, you know, just work on pitching and, you know, creating a network outside of my dance community that can help me network with people as well as understand money the importance of money and what it can do to help change your community and to help sustain you as an artist. Did you find it easy to connect with folks in this other areas and people that could really mentor you in the business side of things? Or was that also something that you struggled with? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. You know, in any field, you really have to have your own back at some point. But I think definitely it was a challenge to figure out who was right for me because as a artist growing up here in the Bay area and in the mission, we have a very strong sense of community and how we as the people help each other and really resist against oppression and really just lift each other up. And when you go into the business world, Sometimes it's very me, me, me. And, you know, if, if you don't have it, you're never going to get it. Right. But as I was able to shift my focus as to what I want my mission to be in business to really change, you know, change that focus of of like, you know, having it be like having money being selfish. Right. Um, I found like an amazing business coach that not only was Latina, but also was able to stress the importance of women in business and that using your art and your talent, your passion and your purpose will help you sustain yourself with the money that you make in order to help your community and to have a thriving business. And so I was so lucky to finally find her after years of messing up on my own and trying to tread water, looking, you know, doing GoFundMes, doing Kickstarters and not knowing what the next steps are. And so um, it was definitely a challenge, but um, I'm always learning, but I think I'm getting the hang of it. <laughs> and as a CEO of Rising Rhythm, what are some of the things top of mind for you right now? What are you focused on? As a CEO, I, you know, I really think where I'm at right now is I'm looking to build a team in different avenues of my business. I'm really looking for a team that can help not only grow the business, but those individuals having purposes of their own and passions that I can help support to help collaborate with the business. I love people who are motivated and driven. And I've acquired a lot of knowledge within my 13 years of, you know, of having a business and being a professional dancer. And I want to share that knowledge with people 
and also have them be a part of the family professionally so that they can grow as well. Um, as far as being a CEO, I think more young people should thrive to be in a position of power that can also make change. Um, because I think sometimes we have this um, separation between um, for-profit and non-profit businesses. And, um, you know, growing up here in the Bay Area, I was, you know, I was bred to work in a nonprofit, retire in a nonprofit, and nonprofits are super important for our communities. And, you know, I feel like our communities wouldn't thrive without them. However, as a young person, I just remember a lot of my mentors within the arts community were like, oh, you have to start a business, you have to do this, you have to market it. But no one taught me how. And so I, you know, as I started to, look at the for-profit model, I wanted to, you know, break that, that stigma of for-profit businesses, businesses being against the community. And it's, it's empowered a lot of people to seek out becoming a small business that also has um, a mission to create social change. And um, it inspired me to really create a business training program for emerging artists and educators to figure out their ideas and to formulate them and structure them into a profitable business that makes change in community. So um, right now I am focusing on creating a um, building a brand as an artist program that will be toured in different high schools around the Bay Area, specifically San Francisco right now and Redwood City. Um, we're piloting this program in Redwood City this November. It's a two-week program, uh, 10 classes, where students will be able to pick a field in the arts industry that they want to explore and research about, uh, research the history about it, and um, influential entrepreneurs in that field, and be able to start creating their vision boards about their business, and then eventually pitch their businesses to um, quote-unquote investors to just practice creating a business model um, within their high school time. Um, so that's something I'm really passionate about and super excited to launch in November. And hopefully, uh, we'll be able to tour that around high schools coming up. I really like that idea because I can definitely connect it with what you mentioned earlier, where when you were in high school, you weren't really thinking about finance or a business and those things are very important later on so I guess it's good that now you're giving what you didn't have to people currently in high school yeah exactly I mean I just within this journey of becoming a CEO and working my behind off I am really re like reintroducing myself to my child self, 
like my past child of like looking them in the face each step of the way, like, what did you know, you know, and what didn't you know? And, and how did you feel during this process? And, and when I, I, I talk to myself a lot as a CEO, I'm sure every CEO can like agree. They have like full on two hour meetings with themselves, just talking. <laughs> and I feel like I'm talking to every decade of myself, every year of myself over and over again. And um, it's been a very humbling experience to um, admit when you're wrong, you know, admit when you don't have all the answers. Um, and I think that makes the best leader when you're able to accept your mistakes and learn from them and, you know, change them. Another thing that I've heard you mention a few times is community and growing up in the Bay Area, in the mission. Um, when I was researching for this interview, I saw a video of you and your dancing on the streets in the mission for this event. So I just want to ask you, what what's it been like growing up here in the mission? Can you talk about, you know, how community has played a role um, in your upbringing? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be the person I am today if I didn't find the arts in the mission district. Um, you know, as a young age, I was I was very shy, very shy, very timid. Um, I was bullied in middle school a lot for being different, for being overweight, and, you know, for just being quiet. And um, so I felt like my expression was always silenced. And I went to Catholic school, uh, K through 12. So it the arts weren't really stressed there. But I knew I was an artist. Like, I felt it in my bones. Like, I you know, this is for me. I want to act. I want to sing. I want to do everything artistic because I know I can. And so, you know, it wasn't until high school, I really started to commit to that lifestyle. And, um, that's when I started, you know, participating carnaval, um, SF and it rocked my world. You know, I loved it. I loved that there was a community that that didn't judge me for how I looked or how I talked or what I knew or what I didn't knew. Like, no, you know, like I just felt like I could express myself and I can move and I can have a whole community around me, you know, to have my back. Um, and so that was like my entryway into like arts and the mission. And then I started to dance at Dance Mission Theater, as well as teach youth dance classes and adult classes and workshops. I, I think I also was like um, a house manager there. I did box office. I kind of did every little thing in Dance Mission because there was just a team of boss ladies that I loved to be around and learn from. So a lot of my success as a CEO, you know, It comes from the women of Dance Mission um, who have kind of shaped my work ethic for sure and the importance of community. Um, so I really, you know, within Carnival SF and, you know, Dance Mission Theater, I really started to find my own voice within movement and music and how I really wanted to incorporate rhythm study 
and how rhythm goes hand in hand in your artistic life as well as your business life. And so the the concept of rising rhythm is not only just to dance and perform, but it's also to really integrate art into your um, everyday life, dance and music into everyday life effectively. Um, so I, yeah, you know, like the influences there in, you know, within cultural arts, like I started to collaborate with Brava Theater for their Baile en, en la Calle Festival which was just so amazing to bring the murals to life on 24th and uh, 24th Street, um, all up and down 24th Street. Even during the pandemic, you know, Rising Rhythm was invited to perform for Bailen La Calle. And um, it, I think it was like one of our first performances after the thick of the pandemic. And so we were just so eager to get out there in the streets again and just share um, love with our community and joy. Exactly. And I also want to expand a little more in your background and your upbringing, uh, because I know that you are now working on a family lineage project. Uh, you're a second generation Salvadorian. Uh, can you talk about this project that you're working on, about your family lineage and how your family came here from El Salvador to the mission? Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, it's it's funny. I'm actually a first-generation Salvadoran, but I feel like a second generation, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> like, um, so my grandparents, my, my grandfather, Jose Luis Parada, he immigrated to the mission in uh, 1970s. And, um, you know, he came over here to, you know, provide for my grandmother and my mom and my tia um, over there at the time. They were in El Salvador. He came over here and uh, with nothing, you know, he just came here with like a hope and a prayer. <laughs> and um, he was the like my role model growing up. He was the artist of the family. He played guitar. He loved to sing. He played soccer. And he was a poet, definitely a poet through and through. Um, and so, you know, he, he came over here to the States and eventually got a job as a janitor in different places. He also worked at Banlido, um, you know, so he had a community there, but he, you know, he was always an artist, but didn't have the support, the network or, you know, the financial support to really pursue that lifestyle because he was, you know, trying to provide for his family. So eventually my grandmother, she came over to the mission as well. She was a seamstress. Um, so I always grew up around her, like making random things or altering clothes for, you know, mi abuelo or like my mom and stuff. Um, so I definitely got like my artistic uh, voice through her and as I make costumes for my dance company and other dance companies too. Um, but you know, their artist life was not emphasized. It was really more like, you're, you know, you're going to survive here. 
Um, so you, you have to work, you know. Um, eventually, my grandmother came over here with, um, with my tia, my mom, and a few other relatives shortly after. And, um, you know, from stories that my mom has been telling me, you know, within their immigration story, you know, they, they came at a fairly young age and they were forced to assimilate and learn the language or you're going to get bullied. And, um, you know, I think my mom even told me that her, her, um, classmates would teach her all the bad words in English and, um, she would just get in trouble. She didn't know what she was saying, you know, like things like that kind of, you know, discouraged her to continue speaking the language. Um, she speaks fluent Spanish and, you know, she has that. So my whole family does, but I think there was a disconnect for her to, to, um, celebrate her culture because her, you know, her time in El Salvador was a little rough and coming over here was tough too. Um, and so that trickled down to me and my sisters and my cousin, um, not being able to fully feel comfortable expressing ourselves and celebrating our culture because it was a very touchy subject. And um, through through my research of talking with different Salvadorans and um, in El Salvador and in the Bay Area, it's um, definitely there's a sense of resistance to talk about. Um, the immigration stories right off the bat. Um, I think that's like a trend because it's very sensitive, you know, and important to talk about and takes time to open up. And so through my project that I'm working on, um, it's a five-year project that will eventually culminate into a live production through mixed media, like film, uh, live theater and dance and um and also in a book. So it's a pretty lengthy project, but right now I'm in the pre-production of it all, researching about my family lineage and actually traveling to El Salvador to get familiar with the land that my family came from and um, build connections out there so that I can really authentically um, portray my family's story as well as inspire other Salvadorian Americans and Salvadorians to um, just celebrate their culture and feel comfortable to speak the language proudly and um, identify with your roots, even if you may feel disconnected at times. Is there groups of people that you're collaborating with for this project or can people reach out to you if they want to get involved in some way in this project that you're building? Yeah, definitely. Um, right now, we're in the preliminary stages of doing interviews with individual artists, um, but I am in talks with a few dance crews in El Salvador. Um, and so once we um, solidify the partnership, I'll be able to um, to reveal like the companies we're going to be working with. Um, 
And then definitely we have some amazing artists and just people that I'm interviewing here in the Bay Area. Um, and so I can't say too much until everyone's confirmed, but right now it's really just in the research stage. And I think one thing that artists can relate to, like within people that I talk to is like, we want to get things done fast because we have like, we have um, so many ideas, you know, we just want to want to keep it going and, and um, create, create, create. But um, this project has definitely humbled me so much because I have to really slow down and dig deep and and get personal. And um, so it's definitely like, sorry, Jessica, you gotta you gotta slow down. You gotta really work on what matters right now. It sounds like a very fun, but also very emotional project to work on. Have. Have there, um, I'm curious, have you had any, you know, surprises so far or something that, you know, really shocked you to find out or are you, are you, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know a lot about my, you know, ancestors. So I'm just really curious of you taking on this journey and just you know, I'm sure like you're reviewing a lot of material and talking to people and if not, it's okay. I mean, I'm sure some, something will come up as you keep working on this. Yeah. That, that's such a great question. Um, I mean, just uh, finding out little gems about my family <laughs> is like, crazy to me like just hearing about the family drama back in the day I'm like wow like every family family has their thing like every family has their drama no matter you know what era you're in and and I think it's uh it's like all the chisme you know the chisme that like when you look at like your grandparents or you're like bisabuelos like you see their beautiful pictures you just never know the story behind their life right you just see them as like these these icons in your life right um but they also were people too and um just looking through the photo and like understanding you had a life and your life was hard like i have so much respect for that and i'm within this process like I think the biggest like aha moment is like understanding how disconnected my family has been without even like being aware of it. Um, I've had to reach out to family members on both my mom and my dad's side so awkwardly, like not even feeling confident in asking these questions, simple questions of like, so where were you born in El Salvador? Like these are things I should know, but um, you know, I'm really starting from scratch here. And it can make me cry, you know, because there's a lot of peers that I have that are just in their culture. They love it. They rep it till the day that they die. They, you know, their their hearts with their country. And I want to feel that, you know, but I have to connect with my family first in order to in order to feel that connection with my country, because I am a descendant of them and I and I want to uh, connect with them. Yeah, exactly. And I feel that another thing why that might happen is, like you mentioned, your family moved here decades ago, and then 
right now it, we take a lot of this ease of communication for granted, but back in the day, you know, it was not, we were not as connected as we are now, I feel. Definitely. I mean, I've been reaching out to family members on, you know, on social media and different ways that I, I would not be able to communicate. I mean, even when I was young, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm still young, but even when, back when I was young, phones were just becoming like smartphones or like cameras or, you know, even text message came out when I was young, like, or shortly after. So I didn't get text message till like, I think, like my freshman year of college or something, you know, so like, I think now, like, communication is a lot easier, but it also can be a little bit more surface level rather than intentional. That's kind of what I'm battling there. um, For sure. But um, I'm really excited to work on this project. I think every person that I've talked to or interviewed or just brought up there, they find a sense of connection, like, oh, wow, like, you know, I, I haven't even thought of that about my family. Like, I kind of feel like this too. And then, so if anything, I want my process to just inspire others to do the same, to research where they come from and know that like knowledge is power when it comes to your roots um, so that you can make a change in your community. I'm really looking forward to how this project turns out. And I want to thank you again for taking the time to come on the show and chat about all this. Um, I'll make sure to you know, include relevant resources uh, for our listeners um, and links where to find you and stuff like that. But thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you for having me. I was just so happy to share this information and to just reflect on like, you know, my journey in life. I'm, I'm so thankful for the opportunity, you know, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty cool. <laughs> Yes, you're 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 really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone should should feel that that strength for themselves and inspires them to keep going. As the podcast of the community newspaper El Tecolote, we think hearing from you is important. So please leave us a comment, rating, and share our podcast to other members of the community. Thank you.